genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Shortbox, a once-weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about comic books. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm here, as I'm always here, with Sean Petit. Yo. Casey Crawford. Hello. RJ Veit. Heyo. And we are, are joined today by friend of the show, Adam Tenneris of Man-Thing uh, Minute. Yeah, hello, everyone. Thank you very much for having me. It's a delight to be accepted by anyone who wants to talk about... <laughs> The good word of the macabre man thing, the most startling slime creature of all time. Yes. So this is this is a special episode. Awesome. Um, this is our special season finale. We're not going to do last week's books. Uh, we're just going to slide right into the murky depths of the man thing. Wait, this is the finale. This is the oh, season yeah. finale. Oh, oh yeah. We, my god. We, we rolled out the red carpet for you. Am I am I allowed to am I am I allowed to cuss on this show? Oh, sure are. <laughs> Encouraged. It's encouraged. Yeah, uh, you all, you all fucked up. This was a huge mistake on your part. Yeah, I can. I hear listeners unsubscribing as they hear Adam Tetteris and Man Thing. It's oh, a no. problem. Oh no, no, uh, no! They're hitting that, gonna that like button. No, yeah, yeah. This this is we're gonna, gonna we're gonna get an Adam Tetteris boost. From yeah, this we're looking for that bump. That oh, man okay. thing bump. Oh no! Uh, that All was right. your one. That, that was it. <laughs> no, that was that was legitimately man thing bump. Like uh, everyone, we got man, man thing. Everyone on right this now. show has been budgeted one penis joke okay <laughs> it's i've i've handed out tokens i mailed them in advance you've all received them like vote from home God damn it. Uh, letters that's right so <laughs> wasted it i i the referee is coming in and says that did not count man okay. thing bump oh, did not count so you flag, flag on the play let's go let's go we've right. got earl hebner ringside um <laughs> <laughs> challenge is successful I'm, i live for another day all right so yeah, so um, uh, t- today let's let's uh, let's do the proper. Yeah, intro. We should talk about have... the book. Yeah, I was about to say about. maybe tell tell the viewers. So so we're, we're we're talking about uh, the Man Thing, the complete collection by Steve Gerber and a whole slew of a uh, deep bench of of early Marvel artists. Well, seventies mm-hmm. Marvel artists. Well, and also some other writers. It's okay. <laughs> yeah um and as a matter of fact i just want to get it in here before uh, uh there's any controversy because swamp thing of course will enter into the conversation at some point in time but len ween who wrote mm. the first swamp thing appearance in house of secrets does in fact have a man thing story in this book okay so among the deep <laughs> bench of of artists and writers okay. len ween himself uh, has has traded sides during this time to write a Man Thing story that was supposed to be in the second appearance of Man Thing, was canceled forever, and then shoved into a Kazar book. So, mm. what uh, excitement! Did, did, so you're well, saying my man he, double dipped? He was like, I had, I, I, I got away with it once. Let's see if I can write the same thing again. <laughs> yeah, I am absolutely <laughs> he was saying a roommate, right? With uh, Jerry Conway. Jerry Conway, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, yeah. um, is uh. It, did Bernie Wrightson never draw Man Thing? Because that'd be fun. No, only in oh. fan art, oh, okay. like individual pinup. But that's it. Uh, that's Man it. Thing pinups. Yeah. Man Thing, can you now? Hold on, <laughs> you almost used your one. I'm just. I was clarifying. It's that Stan Lee picture of him naked on the couch, but it's Man Thing. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just like they're laying Don't. in front of the fireplace instead of a bearskin rug. It's a it's Man it's, Thing. Oh, like no. hold on, it's it's the George Costanza, but it's yes. the the macabre Man Thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't, well, I got Adam my artist row list for next uh, <laughs> next Comic Con. 
Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, all right. Well, let's let's jump into this. I I have a bone to pick right off the bat. Right um, off the bat. Right off have. the bat. Why does he punch so many alligators? He's always punching my gators. What is, he, what is, he what did the down, gators ever do to you, Ted? What? He takes down like a significant fraction of the population of alligators. So many. He, he's not one so with many. the swamp. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, first of all, <laughs> great question. Thank you very much. Uh, second of all, I, I have consulted a marine biologist about this. Ooh. And if you think that's part of a joke, it's no, not. I fully I believe you. Fully yeah, I believe you. everything you're about it's to say great. about man thing. Also, so for the listener, previous... uh, Casey is from Florida, which is where the heat for alligators <laughs> is coming from. That's oh, right. And, that's and right. And that's also where the nexus of all reality is, which I also I have more questions. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that. But, you know, suffice to say on the alligator tip, great question. The marine biologist says that's not really how it happens. And uh, I, I will say if it can't be science, I think the reality here is most superheroes and Marvel characters have their antithesis, they have their villain, they have their rival, right? Batman has Joker, Spider-Man has Green Goblin, and I don't think the Man-Thing has ever truly found the foothold enough to have a true rival, but for two possibilities. One, Thog, the Nether Spawn, which ah. we'll probably discuss, the Pink <laughs> Demon, who arrives in oh, several yes. issues. Yes, like, yes, yes. And, and two, more commonly, more importantly, <laughs> Florida alligators. Um, I think that the and, real Green Goblin fascism. of the bunch is... I was going to uh, say and, fascism, and also fascism is a good third. Yeah. Also yeah, fascism. Yeah, and fascism. Well, and also, you know, the, like, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, so I'll give Ted a pass on fighting alligators because he's also fighting fascism, but uh, you're That's on right. thin ice, buddy, because the gators are, are yeah, my boys. He like, he, like, whips yeah, but, fucking... Like, he doesn't just, like, punch gators. He just, like, whips them into trees and shit like yeah, he crushes oh, yeah. them he cracks like, their spine they often yeah. uh, they often enter his his uh, uh abdomen and just stay there a lot a lot happening uh, also yeah. there are multiple instances of gators leaping and i gotta tell you i'm not much of a marine bio biologist but i am a floridian and i can tell you no sir no they're more scamperers right <laughs> yeah that's why you gotta zigzag to get away from them because they can't yeah. really they can't really do much they're good straight but, line guys yeah. Speed, Casey, right yeah as much as as much as you know the alligator thing is unfortunate he is your this is your state superhero Oh yeah! Oh no so, no! Yeah, um, that's right. I mean, they, they mentioned that makes a couple sense times. For so many reasons. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> this absolutely. is this is your Mothman, Casey. <laughs> oh yeah, this oh, is. Shit. I mean, I never there of is that. there is the um. Oh god, what the hell is it? There's there's a Bigfoot of South Florida. That's skunk called, ape. Like, skunk ape. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. The skunk ape. I was gonna ape. say uh, Henry Zabrowski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, F Florida man. Honestly, your yeah, cryptid yeah, yeah. is Florida man. Oh yeah. But yeah, that, that, one's, thing. that one's certifiably proven, though. We, we don't need any evidence for Florida men. Um, Casey, but, I don't know how to express to you properly that I genuinely have uh, an admiration and, and jealousy for the fact that you, you are from the same place where the man thing is from. I want that. I, I wish I could have that. I promise you that there is nothing enviable, my friend. There's a reason I am a thousand miles away from that swamp. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. I mean, sure. I do love swamps. The only thing I miss up here are the swamps and the gators, and I suppose also the man things. But I do also want to say, since we're on the topic of Florida, if the nexus of all realities is going to be anywhere, 
kind of makes sense. It's just it's gonna like, be in Florida. It's the yeah, only sure. fucking. It's the only weird shit we haven't done in Florida so far. So like, might as well just open up a portal into the. Fucking it may also realm. explain Florida. I, I oh yeah I, yeah great point. I yeah. had a fun thought when I, while I was reading this. It's, so like Disney owns the 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 properties of Man Thing. They should do like some sort of like legend that Man Thing tried to stop them from building Disney World. Oh, yeah. that, that would make that's, Disney the, uh, like the put them on the Jungle uh, Cruise. Uh, oh, that's man, pretty that great, awesome. Yeah, we've seen this in the comic itself. Of course, we've seen uh, the Man Thing constantly stopping Schist from from building. Uh, I no, believe no, no. he wants to build. Uh, Do the uh, full name. F- Okay, F A Schist. There it right. is. Fucking great. All right, read read between the lines, everybody. Uh, so he has constantly Subtlety. stopped F A Schist from building what I I believe uh, Schist like wanted to build. It's an airport. Uh, no, no, it's an airport. Yeah, yeah. it's an airport. He wanted mm-hmm. to build an airport, and yeah. then later wanted to find the Fountain of Youth. But you know, these things are connected. So I think the man <laughs> thing probably <laughs> would have, in fact, been a, a, con- a not conscientious objector, an unconscientious <laughs> objector. Yeah. I think uh, like if you want to build it, just don't build it in his fucking swamp. Like, yeah, like he's not. I mean, also from from an infrastructure standpoint, building in a swamp is a bad idea. Yeah, don't put that's, an airport in a swamp. That's a yeah. terrible that's idea. Like that's the, right. the entire state is sinking because none of like they, <laughs> right. the Spanish conquistadors did a built a bunch of limestone castles in Florida, and then they all sank because the, you don't because do that. Swamp? Oh, the, yeah. the Spanish swamp. conquistadors are also my favorite Man Thing character. Yes. Yeah, they do. They do, as a matter of fact, show up in La Hacienda, yeah. uh, a, a a lovely little paradise in the Man Thing issues. I I feel like there's some context and table setting necessary for the book. Yeah, I feel like we yes, should do please. that. Yeah, Once we, we actually we get always into do the this, actual book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We always just get real hype and then jump in and then go. Wait, 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 wait. Let's. So who is the Man Thing? I guess yeah. that's yeah, yeah, where yeah. that's where we should start. The, Adam, I don't would know. you like to and have the? I, I don't. I don't I don't want to steal the thunder from you. I'll definitely fuck it up. We have to. So first we need to delineate because there's one true Adam here and it is Adam Sheehan. The, 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 the good, the good and the great. Um, And second of all, I am, I am the uh, most startling slime Adam. I am the, (laughs) I am Marvel's macabre Adam. And um, the man thing. So the man thing was created in May of 1971 by Marvel Comics. Uh, a little bit of a confusing origin because simultaneously Swamp Thing was being developed. Uh, because a- as we have mentioned, Jerry Conway, who wrote dialogue for the very first man thing appearance in Savage Tales number one, uh, was roommates with Len Wein, who wrote the very first appearance of the Swamp Thing in House of mm-hmm. Secrets, which was just a month later. In fact, both of these characters mm. are riffing on a long-held trope of muck monsters, starting all the way back in the 1940s with Theodore Sturgeon's It, and then even later, just a little bit later, in, in fact, in the 40s, uh, with Airboy. Remember Airboy? You know, oh, classic... Yeah. Hillman Comics, and then uh, uh, continued on and on and on. Uh, they had the heap. So, oh, the you know, the one I know. Yeah. So, swamp monsters uh, are from time immemorial. You know, this is just kind of riffing <laughs> on a concept that has been around. And there are many dozens, trust me, dozens more examples where that came from. The man thing just happened to be the ill begotten, poorly named. <laughs> difficult to write for character that Marvel was championing. What I, there were internal fights. Know, 
I want yeah, to know early on if they're in the same room. Clearly, these Jerry and Lynn, they're both writing yeah. these books. Like, did someone lose a bet? Did like they both <laughs> wanted Swamp Thing, but like they did like some kind of crazy competition, and then the other one got Man Thing, and then it's like fuck, fuck fine, all right, yep, you won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what game were they playing? I think yeah. they were. I think in seventy uh, one, I believe they were playing Marvel Snap. Yes. Oh, yes. As everyone knows, that classic. <laughs> well, the nexus of all realities. <laughs> yeah, because they like, both have great things about them, but like I feel like Swamp Thing is like that's, that's definitely the other. A better the name. thing that's funny is that Swamp <laughs> Thing is more manlike in every way. That like, is a great yeah. That's a good yeah. sort like, of reverse. He, he looks more like a man. He has a man personality. He can speak. Uh, lots mm-hmm. of man traits that the man thing does not have. Yeah, man thing mm-hmm. is just slime. Until like there's yeah. really right. well, nothing else to him, or maybe they fucked it up. Maybe they got this. They uh, they like got their notes mixed up and they sent the wrong oh, one to, to yeah. for the pitch. You know, but uh, it's entirely like, this possible. is actually Swamp Thing. I mean, eventually Alan Moore <laughs> will make it so Swamp Thing is actually just uh, a, a dude? heap of no, a heap of plants with a with a human soul in with it. a ghost. That's true because That's the, a good point. because because Alec dies near him and and goes and he goes into so and the green is just like you're gonna be a swamp monster now yeah <laughs> yeah the saga the swamp thing i mean this is a very real reason why the swamp thing is superior as as time would tell it you know mm. you got alan moore on your side you have alan moore that telling your helps. stories yeah that helps and those are amazing stories and i am a diehard devotee to steve gerber and mm-hmm. all of the creators who worked on the Man Thing books, but um, by their own admission, you know, folks like Roy Thomas, an editor who wrote the script for the very first Man Thing story in Savage Tales One, he was not even looking at Gerber's scripts. He cl- he admits that he was giving him as much leeway as possible, and often just didn't edit the script. Well, he uh, <laughs> also Gerber would bargain with. Uh, other people to not edit books because he was an That's editor right. and he's like you don't edit me and i won't edit you which That's is right how like lots of politics seeped through of like mcgregor and jungle action and stuff like that because they had these these like compromises with each other i will say yeah. there were moments in this volume where i kind of wished an editor was involved <laughs> definitely, I, I think these early issues probably could have used a little bit of editing. I think, yeah, sure. just like um, some kind of some kind of direction because it, it just goes all over the place at some points. Yeah, I have I have one, maybe two books that I I think really needed to get reined in, and unfortunately, one of them was the Man Thing's first titular comic. It was Man Thing number one, mm-hmm. which oh, you know. I put yeah. it, you know, shit. that's the wildest comic I've ever read. I put it in the That was yeah. his number one. It is his number one. And it is unfair because his number one is technically uh, Adventure into Fear number 10. And that ran until 19. And they're doing a good thing. They're do- they have yeah. great stuff happening here. Mm-hmm. And then they swamp over for the man thing. Understandably, it's now his book. But number one picks up immediately where Fear 19 leaves right. off. We're in the midst of truly the most unhinged comic. <laughs> it's yeah. just yeah. Pure I mean, fucking chaos. The, the worst yeah. choice to pivot possible. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it, it's, could you could you ha- bring new readers into a more confusing storyline? Yeah, Literally, no, the nexus not. of all realities is exploding into like in that just book. Demons I just, everywhere. It's fucking. I distinctly insane. remember there is like one panel where like Daredevil and Black Widow like swoop in, like, oh god, what's <laughs> happening? And then they just they're gone. They're not in the rest of the book. They're in one panel. 
<laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> it is I fucking hilarious. Too. I love it, but it's also just like, I'm sorry, what? Because <laughs> they even comment. I liked how they swung through and they're like, oh, that person needs help. And then they just kept going. And it's yeah, just like, like oh, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> was Gerber writing Daredevil at that point? Is that why they're in there? Yes, he was. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then uh, awesome. Man Thing and Daredevil would team up again later in Daredevil 114, mm. uh, which is a great issue, by the way. It's very, very good. I highly recommend it. But, you know, Gerber was just putting the Man Thing wherever he could. And yeah. I don't know, maybe this is the uh, the result of some of those uh, you don't edit my book and I won't edit yours. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all. Uh, well, yeah, no, so. I feel like the first couple issues of this book are definitely like it. He was introduced as a traditional monster, you know, like yeah, like creature of the right. week kind of deal. And then uh, there's, as I think we were talking about this in the shop, there's multiple years in between his like first appearance and his next. And then, uh, so each of these like really early like Kazar issues that he's featured in is just kind mm-hmm. of like a recap of who Ted Salas mm-hmm. is. It's you really like, get a you know, good handle on who he is and where they, he came from. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah ex- experiment gone wrong. Yeah. The super soldier serum got betrayed by his girlfriend, jumped in a swamp, gave himself the serum, and everything went went swampy. Everything went. He, yeah, because he gave him. Because he's in a magic swamp. So apparently that means serum plus magic equals. Well, he got he thing. got the flied, right? He he got yeah. the flied. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He got brundled. So. Good point. He got Cronenberg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, that's the first couple issues, and it's like kind of what you it would expect from something you know of of that nature. And then and then there's a decided tone shift when Gerber takes over, and it begins diving into uh, there's like a. These two kids and their their grandfather is like a cultist, but also the cult is like the good guy. Yeah, um, yeah. There's like this weird yeah. demon cult, and they're like uh-huh. Jennifer Kale. She's the best. Yeah, there's yeah. Like this whole Jennifer there's Kale. this whole family that keeps like showing up, and then like at first it's like they they showed up for an issue, and it seemed to be like an adventure of the week thing, where like they would show up for an issue, and then the next issue would be about someone else, and then the next issue this family's back again. This family right. of like weird demon cultists. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like yeah, they're definitely the hero. Yeah, they, like, they, it, they, we meet them by their first summoning a demon, and they don't think it worked, and it does, and then like man thing like tracks it down and fucking fights it. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the the demon realm is infecting the rest of Florida and and driving people to madness, which also checks out. That's, yeah, so, that checks out. That's, that's, so that's that's where that we tracks. get. The, that's where we get the Florida man. Is and, Steve uh, Gerber from Florida? No. That would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, he, he fucking did, he nailed it. He needed a place where there was a swamp. So Florida. Yeah, he just picked Florida. Yeah. And yeah. Len I mean, got they, and Len got uh, Mississippi or Louisiana or whatever. Louisiana. Yeah, I think he's yeah. Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the two places with the best swamps. So my, we, uh, uh, I, I was wondering this because it had been brought up, um, before we started recording about the nexus of all realities, because its mm-hmm. first appearance is listed as that Jennifer Kale issue. The, That's right. Yeah. Uh, so, did them summoning Thog create the nexus of all realities, or did it just exist beforehand? Oh, a real chicken or egg situation okay. here. <laughs> uh, but, but I think uh, I think it's actually uh, the nexus had always. I mean, how do, I don't know how uh, any of you 
compartmentalize and reconcile retcons, period, right? Like at what mm. point in time is it uh, officially the continuity? But yes. my, my understanding is uh, the nexus of all realities is is not necessarily located in Florida, but it has a doorway in Florida. Mm, okay. And as we had seen, as explained uh, uh, when Daredevil and Black Widow <laughs> zip through the nexus of all realities, uh, is so you know when when that was in some dire straits, then reality was crunching into itself. Hickman much, and uh, they just happened to zap in and out okay. of, yeah. of the nexus. So um, I think the the cult thing is just a separate cult thing, and. Okay. And Thog saw an opportunity. Thog, the Lord Nether Spawn, saw an opportunity, uh, you know, to take over not just this reality but all realities uh, by um, it, hiding as a businessman. Yeah, because you uh, you read the. <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, that's how you're gonna do it. You read no. the like, you know, the description on a on a site that's like first appearance of Nexus of All Realities, but that issue is like. It's kind of there, I guess. Yeah, I don't think they yeah. ever say the words next. They, they don't. They don't. But I, I, I just read it like it's there. They don't know why the swamp is magical. They just know fucked up shit happens there all the time. So that's why mm. they're there. That's right. So the, the Kale yeah. family, and, and the only one who really comes out through that is Jennifer Kale. Yes, because mm-hmm. Josh, the grandfather, and Andrew, the son, they, they don't really continue. They, there are stories about them later, but they're they don't continue as principal characters in any stories. Uh, they don't have the metal bikinis to uh, continue they don't have to the stick, metal bikinis. stick in writers' minds later. Uh, no, they they don't become you know Zerid Na, the yeah. uh, the excommunicated princess of Atlantis. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know uh, the character who does say nexus of all realities is Dakim, and for me, I have long struggled with this. I love the man thing's design. I think the tendrils on his face, the way that he lumbers, his sympathetic eyes, though monstrous, mm-hmm. you know, clearly express that there is humanity beneath everything. And then there's Dakim, who is the most budget Renaissance fair <laughs> wizard. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. this guy, he is that, a nutcase. That motherfucker case. went to the masquerade in the spirit Halloween to get yeah. his fucking yeah. yes. his Gandalf cosplay. The spirit Halloween-ass wizard. Yeah. And Dakim, uh, the one thing I will say that's great about Dakim is for all of his power, for all of his knowledge, he's totally unreliable. He's constantly oh, yeah. forgetting about the things he is capable of. He allows oh Howard the Duck okay, to die. <laughs> I need, I need to, t- I need to talk right. about it. So we've okay. gotten All to right. the Howard Holy the Duck shit. portion of today's podcast. <laughs> all right. ah. So there's a part in, in, in Man Thing number one when all the shit is yeah. hitting the fan. The Nexus is is collapsing in on itself. We get Howard the Duck. We get uh, 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 uh Karek. not Kazar, Zork, Z- Zorak, Korak, Korak. 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 Sorry. Let me let me Whatever. tell you. There's a lot of shit going on. Hold on, I need, See, I need, I need to. I, I I'm so try. glad I we have go. Adam on this this week. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't know how we would do this. Um, but yeah, so you'd be happier for one. <laughs> so as they're as they're like escaping, there's these like little fucking totems that they have to like run across, and Howard just books it, and Howard the Duck falls off and like fucking dies i guess and they're like yes. oh no he died can't go back can't go get him and then and remember he died whatever fucking... he was a talking duck is anyone going to miss him <laughs> he was a duck he was a duck he was a duck don't forget that he was a duck so the, yeah. the, as they're running on these totems dakim remembers that he has a spell that gives everyone wings so mm-hmm. they fly away and someone even mentions hey 
couldn't this have saved Howard? And he's like, yeah, I forgot that I can do that. Yeah. Also, Howard already had wings. <laughs> what is happening? Okay, he's a multi- duck. <laughs> All right. But he doesn't, um, though. He doesn't really uh, have I mean, wings. Moderator, he, I mean, moderator, I'd like to respond. He smokes so many cigars <laughs> that... Uh, and I, I, I do want to mention that this is not... I'm, I'm screaming in frustration in the, and I love it. I, I love every fucking minute of it. It's so fucking stupid, and I love... It. This is not a criticism. This is a, this is a plus. Howard isn't a duck, though. They go out of their way to call him a duck-like creature. That's right. right. They, right. they, so, they do the wings. racket. They do the rocket. He has, hand, he has hands where his wings should be. That's okay. right. And Howard, di- so Howard can't actually fly. In fact, and, yeah. and Howard in his comics, he can't fly. Why okay. th- this is the thing that they opted to do, I don't know. Maybe it's constrained by his shirt. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't they know. Just, they just wanted a. Du- they just wanted a Donald Duck that they could have smoke and shoot. People, yeah, it's just a gag on Donald. That's yeah. all it is, it, right? And just- in fact, in fact, you know, we see that the nexus of all realities when Gerber first posits that is really just a gag about it's very ahead of its time. It's prescient because it's about all of the realities and franchises and mm-hmm. senses of oh, yeah. barbarians mm-hmm. and hot rods and dragons yep. and dinosaurs. And I mean, it's kind of amazing that in 1974, he was saying, look, we have all of this shit that definitely does not align. How fun and ridiculous would it be if all of it was happening at the exact same time? Yeah, and that's incredible. enjoyable. I like how yeah. they picked However, through whatever nonsense, after he's being featured in another book, they pick a number one to like, here it all is. Yeah, it also predates so Crisis on Infinite Earths, which it essentially yeah. is the, like, I mean, that's the backbone of the story. You heard it here, folks. Uh, uh, Doc Keem and the Nexus of All Realities <laughs> is uh, better than Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, I wouldn't say <laughs> better. I, I heard it. I, I think I the tape. I, I heard it too. I'm going to back that up. I think uh, the tape I will just, show. I just want to say, I, I, I want to sweeten this for you, Casey, because I hear you and you're right. But I want to sweeten this for you by, by setting the record straight that Roy Thomas, again, wrote the script for Savage Tales 1 and has been in the room the entire time, except for when he let Steve Gerber be by himself for fuck. too long of a time. Uh, Roy <laughs> Thomas did give Gerber a note and the note was, get rid of the duck. The duck doesn't make any sense, and it changes the tone of the comic. And I like to think, (laughs) I like to think that Gerber, the sardonic and audacious Gerber, who did not like accepting edits, deliberately sabotaged the book to get rid of the book, uh, to get rid of Howard the Duck as a fuck you. Because then he has the characters comment on how it doesn't make sense. And that's truly yeah. funny to me honestly yes fucking Incredible. that is that is brilliant and and that's how but that's the answer i was hoping for because yeah. if that was just the actual writing it would be stupid but <laughs> intentionally making it that stupid is this it goes full circle to being the smartest thing i've ever exactly. and then it caused exactly. an outroar bigger than when gwen stacy died and people start <laughs> people start <laughs> sending people Bring start sending out. gerber dead ducks and um, <laughs> what? Wait, no. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Say People it wanted, so. so then uh, Stan Lee, anytime he would give a public uh, public <laughs> speaking uh, thing, he would get asked about Howard. And he's like, who the fuck is this? 
I can imagine him like just busting into the bullpen and going, what the fuck did you guys do? Why is everyone asking <laughs> Where, me yes! about Howard the he goddamn just duck? In. Where the fuck is Steve? <laughs> he, I need to talk just, to him. He just walks he in know who with, Steve a, Gerber with a was. dead duck in his hand, <laughs> just being like, why? Why is Will this Will someone like explain that? this to me? <laughs> Just so, waving around so, a flaccid duck. That's why he has to come back because the the out the fan outrage to this duck who wasn't an issue is like that's crazy because he's insane. like not in it much. Like he's in it obviously, but like yeah, he's he is not in this comic much at all. Yeah, no, for, it, for he, that is, kind of he is truly not. Insane. He's he's basically just a, a very small punchline. Yeah. And he does come back in a giant size man thing with his own story. Mm. And then later he comes back with his own book where the man thing uh, every now and then will roll in and hang out. Uh, the issue in which the man thing and Korek and Dakim all team up once again, and Zerid Nah, Jennifer Kale, uh, team up with Howard again in Howard's comic. The villain of that comic is a pickle. So again, Steve Gerber. <laughs> Prescient, prescient, ahead Rick. of its time, invented Pickle Rick. All right. <laughs> Beautiful. Nexus of Beautiful. all realities, baby! It's, That's it's right. funny, too, because like the, the, the Howard the Duck comics are just like, it, it, it's almost hostile to the reader, in, in, in a sense, <laughs> of yeah. just how absolutely bonkers I, and ridiculous it is. I want to talk about Cork because I love Cork so much. Um, when I, in middle school, found out that there was a barbarian that came out of a peanut butter jar, let me tell you, my my whole school. I already forgot about the peanut butter jar. Oh my God, I have I so forget. much yeah. to it, say. It broke my brain to the point that everyone in my middle school knows about Cork, the peanut butter barbarian. Whoa! Because I was obsessed and was telling, like, no one gave, no one cared. But this book has the most, like, there is yeah. some just truly silly shit. In these just the, man thing books, like especially the pe- when it goes and I, I do over want to, like, to emphasize the man thing proper book. I want to emphasize yeah. to the listener that the peanut butter barbarian is also in man thing number one, and like what his How is knife right. his knife turns into the the, the knife into turns the into the sword. It's so it good. The right. sword. Yeah, I like how <laughs> they open up the peanut butter jar. She uses the knife to get peanut butter, <laughs> somehow transforming the sword, and then also. Him coming out of the jar as peanut butter, turning into a warrior with his newly formed sword. Like none yeah. of that makes sense to me. But it was what? it happened. And no, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Catch it. me what? up. I, what, how are you what? lost? I mean, yeah. What, the, what doesn't make you sense? Why, it out so clearly. You? Yeah. But I guess it's all just like there's a wizard doing funky shit, and it's like, all right, no problem. RJ, I want to. I just want to theorize, you know, I have my own podcast. It's called Man Thing Minute, where I invite people to come on and read one individual issue of Man Thing. And I attempt to bring a little bit of the nexus of all realities together by connecting the Man Thing's world with the guest's world. And like, we really try to make it relevant. And it's a lot of fun. I want to theorize that someone in your middle school has a Korek-themed podcast. <laughs> oh my God. And I, I want to awesome. find that person. That would be... Fuck. I, that I would hope be so. Incredible. <laughs> I hope I planted so yeah, that seed. If you ever, if you ever need yes. a conversation in Corex your back corner. pocket to get someone to leave you alone at a bar, let me tell you about something. Mm, yep. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Peanut butter. I'm barbarian. gonna use that in the comic book store to get people to leave me alone. It's great no, because <laughs> you know you, it's gonna have the opposite effect. You, though. I, I used I used Wolverine's hot claws for that for a while. Like, oh yeah, that'll do it. You can fuck right off. Yeah. Get the fuck out of my store. <laughs> it was such a You're trip banned. to it was such a trip to like 
grew I grew up reading comics, but I grew up, you know, uh like my era was like uh early two thousands Marvel. And mm-hmm. going back and rediscovering older stuff, it was it's such a it was such a joy. And I really have a fondness for Bronze Age. Uh it catches a lot of flack because I feel like the writing is like in this transitional era era yeah. where it's mm-hmm. like stuck between the the goofiness of the 60s and then the what eventually becomes like the dark gritty you know 80s with miller and uh Moore taking over and like it it's kind of this weird era where they were just trying things out and like a lot of things like slip like you know whatever you can get past editorial and uh it it's great uh, that it's, Gerber, a, it's just a, it's a bunch of uh, throwing peanut butter barbarians at the wall and yeah. seeing what sticks. Ger- <laughs> yeah, Gerber feels like he really took that and is like, yeah, he really ran with it as almost or like even mastered it in some way. He, he's yeah. like the shining example of what the seventies yeah. really the the experimentation that the seventies really because this really like we've been reading a lot of old comics over the last couple of months and like there's not anything that's really like this. Yeah, and I I think. And maybe you all would disagree, but I think Gerber reminds me of Vonnegut. I think Gerber yes, manages absolutely. to do deep, dark, uh, you know, mm. s- social commentary. Mm-hmm. He he uses the man thing as a vehicle to look at people's behavior, their right. fears, their anxieties, their flaws. Often he makes jokes about religious zealots and about soldiers. Yep. And he also makes a lot of, you know, uh, poop jokes, you know, <laughs> where Vonnegut would be drawing buttholes. Yeah. You know, Gerber is drawing Howard the Duck or not drawing, but writing Howard the Duck. And they're ostensibly the same. It's he really teeter totters mm-hmm. between highbrow and lowbrow. And it's something that I think might be hard for contemporary comic fans to appreciate mm. because it swings so wildly. He's, because he's, some yeah. issues are profoundly dark and silly in the same issue. You yeah, know, case yeah. in point, uh, uh, I think uh, Night of the Laughing Dead is such a, yes. a yeah. an exceptional example. You know, the more I read that over over time. Every time I read it, it it has a different effect on me. And sometimes it's like, I can't believe they made this shit. And other times it's like, this is the saddest thing I've ever read. (laughs) Dead of the Laughing Dead had a perfect ending in that first issue. Like, Mm -hmm. he he finds the clown who killed himself in the the swamp and... You know, it it dies, and we have its ghost come out of his body, and and like say a good farewell. I'm like, wow, that was a really interesting one off. And then it's like, you get to the next issue, it's like, no, it's not over. Yep, that's no, right. No, no, no. Clown you ghost not- is is in a whole a whole other episode, whole other issue of clown ghost. Two yeah, full but issues. Uh, of clown to ghost. to your point, Adam, you know that that follow up that the second issue in that arc is one that Gerber goes back to quite often because mm. that second issue is about being judged as an artist and being judged as a creator of entertainment. And it's very autobiographical, right? You can practically hear Gerber writing out what I make is garbage. People are going to judge me for it, right? (laughs) And he goes back to that well. Podcasts about this. (laughs) (laughs) He he really, he really like wrote a lot of uh, himself into his books. Like if, if something, uh, pissed him off or you know whatever mm-hmm. like editorial like cr- cramping down you can really feel it in the books like he'll release anger and 
all of this emotion. He's someone that is like Claremont when they were both really uninterested in superheroes as like a yeah. action uh you know platform it was more about like the characters and empathy and how these pe- how people relate to each other and like uh the, you know yeah, like the, the the core of man thing is always like fear and how people are relating to yeah. each other and treating each other like he talks about that through like these gangs the the corporations clearly Steve Gerber has a problem with gators and sh- <laughs> fucking snakes. Every issue, Man Thing is fucking killing one of these things. And and I I, I mean I can't believe I've gotten a whole thirty six minutes and forty seconds into this podcast uh, <laughs> without mentioning how critical he is of the police and yeah. capitalism. Very, and oh, yeah. Yeah. I will yeah. forgive infinite gator deaths for how hard <laughs> he goes at the fucking cops and. He goes to the fucking military like this is like Vietnam. Yeah. There's like a bunch of like Vietnam criticism in here. He's also yep. going hard on the hippies because the hippies a total piece of shit that's like fighting with the soldier in that one issue. It seems like, oh, like yeah. Steve Gerber just kind of doesn't like anybody. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, as far as as far as fucking over capitalism and cops go, I am full. Team yeah, you're Gerber. you're definitely here for he that. I also hate up, hippies, so it's a win win. He grew I, you up know. like close to hippie culture, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, and I know he's like a he was like an observer of like you know like hippie culture and like drug users, but he never did drugs because Starlin and like other people would drop acid and walk New York and get ideas for stories, and he always wanted to never do that and like keep his brain clear. And his shit is just as I mean, yeah, like, if, if, yeah, he didn't. If I need thought acid. anybody from the Marvel bullpen was on acid, it's- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the the guy who wrote Korek spawned from a jar of peanut <laughs> yeah, butter. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, RJ, you mentioned Claremont. Well, all the more fitting that Claremont took the reins after Gerber stepped off of the man thing. Mm. So Claremont uh-huh. wrote many of the issues, if not all of them. It was Mike Fleischer and Chris Claremont who wrote what would be considered volume two of the man things run, okay. which has some interesting <laughs> elements, but really fell flat ultimately. Mm. And uh, the finale of that, uh, spoiler, if you don't want to hear this, just go ahead and fast forward 30 seconds for a comic that came out in 1982. <laughs> but uh, the man thing enters into an office where he finds Chris Claremont and they hug. Oh, so, I love comedy well, reflexivity. Gra- it's it's like a, how, how Grant Morrison. Yeah, yeah. A very happy <laughs> version of Grant, the Grant Morrison one. That's yeah, right. The opposite of yeah. like, what? Um, I can't die. I'm sorry. Did you I was do sad this about to it. Me? Well, you know, man thing, despite being like, probably 90 percent swamp water is very huggable so that's right oh, yeah very huggable <laughs> yeah very very huggable i imagine he'd be he'd be very squelchy you'd just make a little yeah, fun you would look like you just got home from a guar concert after <laughs> <laughs> if with the plug man thing he looks like he's a member of guar yeah i Honestly. love the, the art the plug art um in in the later arc of, of man thing best yeah. Uh, did, yeah. Did you all have uh, an issue that you singled out for the the artwork? Uh, oh, for the artwork, I was gonna say for the story. Uh, honestly, as like just a single one shot that, like, you know, like obviously the Nexus shit is wild and awesome and ridiculous, but shit like was the bonkers. But the but the issue that stood out as a single issue for me was more the the one where he the he's protecting the black man from the cop. And it's like. Oh, well, yeah, the black man yeah. also killed somebody and lied to man thing, and then the cop. It, it, it's just I, uh, like this whole. 
Yeah. I feel like a lot of those, a lot of those little vignettes, especially in like the fear ones, it's like, oh, everyone's terrible. Got it. Yeah. I I love, um, I love the Starlin issue for art. Uh, I like his. Oh, yeah. The, it's the, his first page is a close up of his eye or like, Mm. you know, going, uh, zooming in, I think. Um, and then also it's hard to not, you know, love Neil Adams. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was incredible. Yeah, um, you agreed. know, for me, honestly, the the art wise, the very first appearance, uh, what was the name of this artist again, Adam? Um, Gray Gray Morrow. Yeah. Uh, the, very the, the very, very EC yeah. style. Yeah. Um, like black and gray, watercolory. Oh, yeah. A lot of gator murder, but I will allow it because uh, <laughs> it looks fucking cool. It's, it's, it is. It's a, cool a beautiful gator book. drawing. Yeah. I, I would have to land on uh, Night of the Laughing Dead. Because the the plug art is just fantastic. I like all of these uh, these big splash pages, where like uh, this clown is thinking back on his life. It's wild. Yeah, they, they, it's that is a good looking book and an incredibly strange book. By the way, that is one of the books that Marvel recorded on uh, vinyl for kids to play on the record player. <laughs> so, what? Yes. I'm sorry. I, I'll, what? I'll, I'll I'll say about this issue too. They they. They they that write their way around the fact that he shot himself in the head, and then like they ha- they like walk around with his corpse afterwards, and his head is intact. Like, yeah, that's it's upsetting. Wow. That that, that <laughs> book, <upsetting>. even <laughs> I mean, just I, I when I was reading this, I got to this issue and I said out loud, "Dead clown!" Like, <laughs> there's a dead there's a dead clown issue. Dead clown, everybody. There's a dead clown over here. Dead clown. My favorite joke is in that issue where it's the his girlfriend talking to the boss, and they're like, "I'm worried about him. He could be. He could make a terrible decision." He's like, "Yeah, he could come back." I was like, "Wow, <laughs> fuck, yeah, oh, fuck, Damn. got his ass, got that suicidal clown." <laughs> I was like, Damn "Wow, it. poor, poor clown. Oh, poor, poor clown. Poor clown. Oh, yeah, yeah. His guard is great." Yeah, the Plugar oh, is is really good. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, really early on of John Buscema on the uh, mm. Kazar book, uh, mm-hmm. Terror Stalks the Everglades. I love. I think it's it's a great looking comic. It's so cool, and it feels like the only reason it was written and included the Man Thing was the AIM connection. Yeah, this is right. by the way the first co- the first appearance of uh, 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 Bobby Morse, yes, Mockingbird. Mockingbird. Yeah. Uh, so she just appears and she's like, yeah, I don't know. What's up? I'm in Florida. I uh, heard about the man thing. Um, and, uh, you know, the man thing tussles in a pit with Kazar. And yeah. I, I love these comics. They feel very classic to me, but, but they're so peculiar because of the man thing's presence, you know, yeah. like what he would be a very classic adventure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something really fun about that and very, very, uh, maybe like creates a prophecy of where the man thing is going to go from here. Cause this was well, not think, even Gerber yet. You know, this was, yeah. this was Stanley and Thomas working together, Jerry Conway working together and just writing all kinds of weird stuff. I, I think part like of just, what gives it that really weird, like otherworldly feel is the second person narrative. Yeah, uh, sure. And all of those first ones, it's you are the, the man thing. It's in the second person, which I don't know if I've ever read another comic that's in the second person. Um, and it, yeah, it, it just gives it this like surrealist edge that no other classic comics like that really have. 
yeah, what the, I love this what I love about uh, the narration in in this book is it does like man thing doesn't have an internal monologue because he can't and it, it does a, yeah. a good job of reminding you the fact that man thing can't think or feel or understand language but he just has emotions and yeah, he just empathizes yeah. right so like telling a story through that perspective it's it's hard to do in comic form and they they kind of nail it with these narrations and yeah the, the second and, and, person is it's a, it's an interesting perspective on that this yeah. is something that comes up often on my show which is uh, a two-part question one is who is the narrator you know mm. we we know as comics fans and as marvel fans we know that we've gotten names to these figures before you know we've gotten the watcher uh or what have you um mm -hmm. so you know is it even an important question to answer not sure but the second maybe more important question is can we trust the narrator because Never. I've had conversations with guests before who think the narrator is getting it wrong and is often projecting a sensibility or lack thereof mm. on the man thing. Uh. Because as often as we hear that the man thing has no brain, is thoughtless, has no conscious, we know that we are seeing the man thing act on right. some volition. And that's interesting to me. I think there's a flexibility just like the muck that the man thing is made of, that means that each writer and creative team has to interpret what this is. And that means uh, different eras from the Bronze Age to, you know, things that are a little more uh, modern. You know, the creative team has something different to say. You know, Gerber I, uh, has something different to say from Claremont, has something different to say from Jeff Parker when he was, when the man <laughs> thing was in the Thunderbolts. Uh, yeah, yeah that's interesting. You like, mention it because like they make a point through a lot of these stories and vignettes to talk about one how he senses and relates to emotions and is like vehemently against fear he hates fear and evil and he could and evil and he could physically burn it which is fucking crazy yeah, anyone who <laughs> but, feels fear burns under the um, hands of the man thing that's cool but then there's also a lot of points where like specifically i think a lot of well that's a lot of stuff around jennifer kale he has like a connection and she can feel yeah. his emotions and he also has these weird little flashes of memory of being ted so it's not like he's it's a blank slate it's almost like it's like um blocked uh, yeah, like, he's like he's, constantly, it's like it's like cut off from himself. It, it's constantly in in uh it's motion. like, flux like it's, it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it flux it, there's a fluctuation of like sometimes mm -hmm. he's more human, sometimes he's right. less. I and, love that there are yeah. uh characters like Jennifer and um a few others who kind of almost instantly know that he's good. Like Richard right. Rory. Yeah. They, Richard Rory, a sad DJ <laughs> who is very much just alive. He's just Steve Gerber. <laughs> yeah he makes friends with people who are sad and go wallow yeah. next to the swamp and right me. and i love that <laughs> yeah i mean casey after the past couple of years isn't that all of us aren't we all friends yeah. with the man thing which i feel I like mean, is a euphemism for you're on pharmaceuticals <laughs> <laughs> if you take medication to regulate your feelings then you are friends oh, yeah. with the man right thing. right here yeah. i've not been shy about my my Zoloft uh, <laughs> Shit, you know, my medication is literally usage. plants so uh, we're right there 
perfect. Uh, but also, like, I don't know if anyone else here has ever been a teenager who went and wallowed in a swamp, but I did. So, you know. <laughs> this is, I'm telling you, this <laughs> is, this is why. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I am so jealous. I am green like the man thing with envy. I want to wallow by a swamp, and those were not my years. <laughs> Adam, we got to go on a road trip. I have so many swamps you can wallow. Let's in. go. Let's go. You're not allowed to fight alligators, though. You're not allowed to punch any. They, any of my they have Marvel has too. published a map of Citrusville, and I would love to find the site, the planned site of F.A. Schist's um, <laughs> hangar. What a brilliant fucking name for yeah. a demon dis- disguised oh. as a fucking. Capitalist. Also, I will I will say, I mean, aren't all capitalists just demons disguised as businessmen? Let's be real. Well, but um, some of them don't even bother disguising themselves. Well, let's, <laughs> well I digress. Well, I, you yes, know, I agreed. think this is an important point of clarity just to put it out there. But Schist is not a demon. He's an honest to goodness human being who is oh. fucking evil. And he turns into a crispy, nasty thing at the very end of this trade. Uh, when he oh. drinks the uh, the rainbow water mm-hmm. uh, from the fountain of youth, and you can't drink it, you have to bathe in it, and it's a story about you know his greed and avarice. And I, I think it is important that Gerber is very aware that there are demons in this universe, but there are evil, nasty humans like Shist. Yeah. Okay, you're right. I, I thought was there some demons possessing people? Totally, there, there was getting... a demon okay. dressed up well, like okay. a businessman. There was, a, but that was just okay. A so maybe that's why I just got him confused a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Okay. I was saying before we hit record that this this man, man thing has this kind of monster a week format where the monster yeah. is often man and mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. We I were mean, talking about this a little bit. Obviously. Like, turns out it's man. <laughs> We were yeah, just like yeah. reading this. It's like it's like Steve Gerber wanted to tell a lot of stories of things he really pissed off, and they just they just happen to be happening next to the man thing. Yeah, and he just interacts with these fuckers that are like doing evil shit. He's like, no. Nah, <laughs> There's nope. this great beat in this uh, this Fountain of Youth issue where he gets caught in a net by these conquistadors, <laughs> and th- this is where it finally clicked in my head of okay, the physiology of man thing because. <laughs> Yeah, they're pulling him with this this net, and he just like slides out of all of the different openings of the net, where it just kind of like cuts a grate into him, and then he just sort of like Bam. slithers back together. He's That's just like when goop. they try to cap, they tried to capture him and like shoot him with lasers. But, yeah, like, yeah. He had a he had a chain in him, and he's like, oh, okay, and just whips yeah, where it. Where did he get that chain? <laughs> and in the well, it came came from earlier from the, the biker gang people yeah. that tried to attack him, oh, yeah. and it just got stuck yeah. in him. Yeah, he's and in just, the Kazar issues, he goes Nickelodeon gag. Yeah, That's he right, just walks yeah. through the cage, the steel uh, bars of yeah. the cage. When will people learn? And we did learn? mention earlier that an alligator got stuck inside of him and got <laughs> it, scared right. and then it, burned because he was scared. Because he was scared. Yeah. There is a there's an issue of Master of Kung Fu, Shang-Chi, where Shang-Chi and the Man-Thing fight and Shang-Chi fully gets trapped inside <laughs> of the Man-Thing. He's a, he's a D&D gelatinous cube is really what. That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, right. yeah. Right. 100%. You don't want to see the bones that are tucked inside <laughs> of that thing, man. He's like he's like yeah. a ball of gack that's like been stuck on too many things. Like it's got like fuzz yeah. in it and like all the hair. Yeah, yeah. it's just gro- it's, yeah, it's dog just hair gross and now. lint. Right, yeah. but it has a really cute emotive face. Yeah, it's got two that's red right. marbles in there too. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Swamp thing isn't like that, right? He's not like like swamp yeah. water. He can be okay. Like, he can change his form at will. Like. Mm-hmm. I think, but a lot of times when he's in a form, it's solid, but I think he can change it because he could just 
make a new fucking body whenever yeah, he yeah. wants right, or yeah. extend it or Agreed. change it. But like typically the standard form, it's it's like it's solid. It's the, plants. The best yeah, narration it's, it's, yeah. in the book for Man Thing was the like when he gets run over by a tractor and it's like, imagine you have a oh tomato in your hand yeah. and you're <laughs> squishing. Oh my god. It. And it's like it was so, so good. descriptive too. It's like, oh god, because you know exactly what that I know feels exactly like. What that is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a perfect way to describe. It. And then he just like pops up. Yeah, he's like, hey guys, like, hey, hey, yeah. that was it, I did that didn't hurt at all. It's funny that swamp thing is more of a man thing and man thing is more of a swamp thing. Yeah. It's true. It is true. Yeah, true. Something got fucked oh. up when they were while, when they were pitching. Oopsie. While we're on the subject, while we're on the subject of his physiology, I have a specific question for Sean's that. favorite. Don't what? you don't you Sean's favorite there, Casey? questions? <laughs> no, I wasn't actually. I was gonna go with a cryptid question. I'm not Wait, using yeah. my token yet. <laughs> uh, We've been having a lot of digressions on, <laughs> I, about I, comic book physiology. I love how we're all giving yeah. one token, and we're probably n- gonna make zero dick jokes on this. This is Dude, great, we, honestly. This is okay. great for me because usually, you know, that is uh, you know where people go. Man, thing fights a pink demon. You're killing. Like, he come does. on, guys. <laughs> you're killing. Come on. A pink come on. Demon. But Casey, what's um, your question? Does the man thing so, have nipples? Can you milk him? <laughs> That's where I thought he's got corn utter or Jesus. carrot. Yeah, utter. was this was no. this going to be kind of like a meet the fuckers thing? <laughs> no, not at all. But now I do want to know that. But no, okay. my question is because this is a contemporary, a, a little after and around the time that um, Mothman was being Mothman. cited. Yeah. And so, so you got the Flatwoods monster with their glowing red eyes. You got the the Mothman. I mean, those are all a little bit further north, but also as you mentioned, the skunk ape. Do you think that his design, specifically the red eyes, came from cryptid culture, or was that just or a- or the other way around? Yeah, I well, I think that's did a- his design cause the d- Mothman? <laughs> well, no. you heard it here first. <laughs> he uh, came after. He the, was the, after Mothman. <laughs> the nexus of all realities is better than Crisis on Infinite Earths, and the Man Thing is the progenitor for the Mothman. Man Thing is just here to <laughs> warn us about the bridge. Man thing prophecies, <laughs> right? Uh, I, you know, I think. I mean, I think the red eyes are actually a really strange addition to his character because he is a creature that exists on empathy and being able to experience people's feelings and has an an unusually expressive face for all of those things. But the red eyes are supposed to be evil, right? The yeah. Re- when we yeah, see red, red eyes, eyes seem- we are scared. We're e- it's evil, and the red eyes feel like they are. Um, I, it almost feels like a test. This is what I'm going to call it. Whatever knows fear burns at the touch of the man thing. And that means that you need to be tested on what you are afraid of. Are you afraid of the physical, superficial appearance of the man thing? Or are you of good nature and you can see something deeper, which causes you mm-hmm. to not fear the man thing? So it almost feels like it's uh, uh, in exercise because Kazar was not afraid of the man thing. No. And therefore they could high five all day. And neither was Jin and Andy. They were just like, yo, this is our fucking, this is our homie. This is our dude. This is That's right. People we're who we're are, tight immediately. They, they saw something in the nature of like how he behaved or in some way and immediately, and everyone else just tried to kill him. Yeah. And then yeah. when they couldn't, then I they I mean, he just looks like a lost like, puppy. I, come on. Don't, don't I, fear I, the I would man like thing. to think I would like to think when I win, not if, when I meet the Mothman, uh, I will not well, be afraid of him. Yeah. Depending on so. which uh, 
history, you believe, Mothman might be locked up in a basement <laughs> Or, or mm. stuffed oh, no. and hanging in a storage closet in yeah, Fort Knox. Saying, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's a different episode have, of this show. That's a different yeah, that's, comic, but... That's a Department of Truth reference, and uh, it's time for us to go do an Ocean's Eleven on, and, and spring <laughs> our boy. Oh, my <laughs> God. I would love an Oceans movie where they're trying to break out the Mothman. Can you? This is what the Oceans franchise is missing. Yeah, what are they doing? They're, yeah, they're missing cryptids. We, we need right Nick here. Cage to go steal the Mothman. Holy and shit. The last oh my God. And the last member of the crew is the man thing because he's the transporter. Yeah. He's the, he's the, uh, yeah, right. He's the vehicle. That's right. He's the oh, nexus. Yeah. Listen, man. genre is for marketing, not for art. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Um, I, I always ask this on my show, but I'm curious for all of you, you've read more comics than anyone who's ever been on my podcast. So I'm, I'm, you, you have a palette. But after reading this entire trade, would you ever read another Man-Thing comic again? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes, yeah, specifically the Marvel Knights one written by the screenwriter of the movie. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I personally. No, I just I'm saw that exist, so I was like, "What?" I, I've rescinded my question. I take back my. I'm, I have a. I have a bad Wi-Fi. I gotta go. <laughs> Wait, no, no, don't leave because I. Uh, I want to watch Adam Tedder's head explode in real time. I'm a. I'm a big fan of the R.L. Stein man thing. <sighs> okay. No, nope. R.L. Stein wrote man thing. Yeah. Oh, R.L. Stein yeah. wrote man thing. I have that in which man thing speaks. He's, yeah. He speaks. He has a mouth. Doesn't he kiss someone? <laughs> yeah, on a cover. Um, oh he doesn't. My God. Ha- he doesn't have a mouth. R.L. Stein famously tweeted back to my question: Does Man Thing have a mouth in your <laughs> comics? And R.L. Stein said, and I quote: "No mouth. And no <laughs> mouth. <laughs> no mouth. He doesn't have a mouth, but he is Hilarious. basically. And Casey, would you agree? Uh, R.L. Stein wrote the Man Thing to basically be Bugs Bunny. He cracks yeah, a lot of 100%. jokes. Yeah, he's a very Deadpooly. Mm. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at this cover where it's muddy dead. You know, yeah. the cover art is cool for the most part, but the comics, I, I don't, I don't. That's not. We which don't. also that kind of brings me to the question because, like, I feel like, like, um, Swamp Thing has really good, like, basically the the premise of this season of our show was classics and contemporary, right? Yeah. So when I asked you to be on this episode, you're like, oh, what are you doing for contemporary? I'm like, nothing. Do you have any suggestions? And you're like, no, absolutely not. But like, why do you think that is? Because like Swamp Thing has, you know, there's Alan Moore and then now there's a contemporary, uh, like Rom V is really well, tapping there's a, there's into a the few. same. There's a few, but like, you know, Scott, Scott Snyder. Scott but Snyder like, had a huge run that was I feel like good. certain people can tap into that same energy that Alan Moore had. Do you think yeah. there is a contemporary writer that could tap into the Steve Gerber energy? Do I think so? Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, I think many of the names that come to mind already wrote Swamp Thing. You know, I think ah. of Tom mm. King and I mm-hmm. think of Rom V and I think they've done exceptional work on that character. The, the kinds yeah. of stories I would want to see. Me, my dream, I would love a Jeff Lemire story on, mm. on Man Thing because He's I feel like written Swamp I, uh, he has also written Swamp Thing. Yeah. I think it's easy low balls, but I think Zadarsky or Ewing would kill it yeah because i think ewing with they would um, respect the history with the way ewing is doing defenders and the fact that Mm -hmm. ewing is very interested in in old school marvel but also is a very character driven empathy writer 
I think. Yeah. I feel like Ewing Man Thing would be fucking bomb. My <laughs> absolute dream, if I'm just going to put it out there, is Al Ewing and Daniel Warren Johnson working <laughs> that together would be insane. on that, yeah. a that Man be Thing insane. book. Because I think that, I mean, the Honestly. reason why there are not a lot of great examples of contemporary Man Thing stories is the same reason why we all read the Gerber run, which, by the way, is considered the gold standard of Man Thing comics and probably. <laughs> all thought to ourselves, how was this ever commercially viable? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> but but, it's, but I think I almost, I think I said that before we all, ho- like, I was like, yeah. Cause like, there's a lot he- that's great. It's fun. It's goofy. But there's also a lot of like, what the fuck? Yeah. You said something <laughs> yeah. earlier. And it's just, it's interesting. You said something earlier, Adam, that made the, the gears click into place where you likened it to Vonnegut. And that immediately made me want a Ryan North man thing. Mm. Oh yeah! Like oh, absolutely. Like add that little mm. bit of sardonic silliness to it. Well, so here's the here's the thing that I think is the primary challenge the the usage of the man thing over the past ten, twenty, maybe thirty years <laughs> has purely been comedy because it is a badly mm. named character. Yeah. And and the mm. fact that G- Giant Size Man Thing is a great run of books. They're all really awesome anthologies. All five issues of them are terrific. Um, but it's just, <laughs> what were we doing here, gang? And I think I the, mean, the I, reality I, I, I gotta, is... I got to cash in my token and say, Dude, who, doesn't love, who doesn't love a Giant Size Man <laughs> Thing? There you go. Thank Cha-ching. You. Right. Jesus Christ. That's right. Like, Shaw was about right. to and, burst. I was yeah, like you're ki- like you're killing me. That's right, just like, like just like that. Casey's Bitcoin uh, uh, evaporates into dust like the Thanos <laughs> snap. But I think part of it, like you're saying, like because of that, people just see that they only see the joke, and then they haven't looked farther into the comic. Exactly, also, yeah. and it's the it's. I would say I would qualify this as kind of the Deadpoolification of a lot of Marvel comics, and so the right. man thing has even shown up in Deadpool books, and this is how we've gotten. The, the female counterpart of the man thing. Right. She man thing. And oh, no. yes. We've and also it's not a boy thing, too. Oh. We've, talked We've also gotten boy and manslaughter. Thing. Oh, man. Boy I'm sorry. Thing feels like a crime. Boy, boy thing yeah. feels like I, a, feels I, I don't like saying I, it. Yeah. yeah. I don't like great. saying it. I don't. I'll, oh, I'm so I mad. think there's there I'm is so there is potential for things to turn around because Werewolf by Night depicted the man thing in a way that i did not believe marvel was ever going to get right and they 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 did a lot of things they had to make small tweaks that are very important to me that i think make a lot of sense to fit the man thing into the mcu pantheon Mm -hmm. but but they did so first of all in a black and white movie like talk about a send-up to the origin the gray morrow story absolutely and second of all you know he doesn't speak he is empathic. He is friendly to other monsters. You know, I think those things are really choice elements and not one dick joke. You know, the no restraint, you know, I, I, I laugh about it, but the restraint of Marvel in these years in 2022 to not oh, yeah. do that. The restraint that of is not the doing it in the last hour is... I know yeah, the restraint all... on all of you. I see all of you growing stronger by the by the <laughs> the clip by the moment. It's and a, just oh no, I'm explode. all dick jokes from here on out. I it, I I, I open the floodgates. Am. Like that's that's my fucking sweet spot. It's really, spot. Yeah. It's really <laughs> dick uh, jokes are your sweet spot. <laughs> absolutely. It, it's really interesting. Though, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Um, to like you know the swamp thing and man thing kind of starting out on the same level, and then more kind of made swamp thing a character that the like highest caliber of writers want to write for 
and man yeah. thing kind well, of just, it's just interesting like you could see talent does a lot of things to think like right like alan moore swamp thing is in the top five like generally like the best runs of comics ever ever yeah. yeah and like and it came up right around the same time as like if it was just the other way around are we talking about man thing the same way like, what was this 85 something saga like that, of the yeah. thing? something right yeah right around so that. this is and just like, a, a year or two after claremont hugged the man thing in his office and said <laughs> we, we can't do this i'm anymore. just I'm, I'm curious like i can't keep meeting like this. claremont says yeah. i have no ideas and then two years later the saga of the swamp thing. <laughs> right, i'm, just, I'm right. curious of like how many man thing pitches get you know brought to marvel's table and if they just feel like that the character can't handle a series i mean dc Despite giving Swamp Thing to like Snyder and Rom recently, they also don't very ha- have much faith in Swamp Thing, uh, mm-hmm. which is crazy because I feel like every time there's a Swamp Thing book, it's gr- like at least recently yeah. it's great and yeah. ties in with other books. Like that's Snyder's Swamp Thing and Lemire's Animal Man. That those two together were incredible. Yeah, it, I mean, I, so I, they're I, so I weird. You I know, they're so weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. You, you go, Adam. I was okay. just going to comment, as good as the Swamp Thing run is, as good as Lemire's Animal Man is, we all acknowledge they're so weird. And I think yeah. to to each of yeah. us, they they push the envelope in a satisfying way because we have a general saturation of comic stories that are not weird or notable. Mm-hmm. Most comics mm-hmm. are a C, you know? It's like, yeah, this is fine. And right. those comics, I think, don't ever or don't often find mass commercial success because look at the comics industry. It's not really about mass commercial success. Right, exactly. And that that's <laughs> yeah. like what made Gerber's run so kind of lightning in a bottle is that 70s Marvel was a way different animal than today. No doubt. Right. No right. doubt. No doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I want to put out into the world, uh, I, I, we need new Animal Man and we need new Dude. man thing, and they just, they need to be as fucking weird as possible. I just, agree. Just, like, like, really, just think, turn it up to 11, and I think, I think that, I, I think, think they need enough to be creators, up reading them. Yeah, and know? I think there's enough mm-hmm. creators out there that uh, Marvel and DC give clout that they're like, yo, you can actually do your own thing, because we trust you. Like, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, we would not have gotten a Hickman X, X universe like this 10 years ago like that would have never fucking flown yeah, he, had to, he had to do some work to get there he had to do he had to do the fucking homework <laughs> to to get the, mm. the extra credit to do that x-men mm-hmm. so like i feel like it's just gonna be you know because the reason grant morrison got animal man in the first place was like yeah we're not doing anything with this fucking guy who gives a shit and like yeah get get another up-and-comer that you that they have faith in to get I on mean, these books you know what i mean that's like, been that's been a theme throughout this season right of these yeah these Mm-hmm. all-time great creators that their first getting a shot their first gig at one of the top two is just like all right just give me the weirdest shit you've got or like <laughs> i have this i have this character or this franchise that you haven't done in a long time that i have a deep connection to give me that and i'll run with it yeah sure sure yeah. Danny o'neill right the question i don't give yeah. a shit at all like whatever <laughs> right mm-hmm. right so you get the best can i give you i gotta give you my yeah. pitch my and i think we may be past the moment but there was a period in time when 
most of America, maybe most of the world, I should say, was really into Black Mirror. And that reminded Mm -hmm. a lot of us of our original love for The Twilight Zone. And then we had Jordan Peele producing new episodes of The Twilight Zone. And to me, some of the finest Gerber issues are effectively Twilight Zone mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, yeah. and the man thing is a lens to look at human behavior it, and just kind of make things go. a little fishy and a little strange. It's one of the reasons why fishy, I was so pun heartbroken. Intended. Fishy pun well. intended. Uh, it's I was so heartbroken that Ram V started writing Swamp Thing because when yeah. I read the Many Deaths of Layla Starr immediately Ooh, I thought, yeah. well, this is a Man-Thing story. Mm. This mm-hmm. is how Man-Thing stories are supposed to be told. I think we you need know what a, this um, book about a pretty girl is missing? A swamp so, so you're, Come on, you're, you're pitch a, to the I think end. we need a man... Oh, so ahead. your pitch to Marvel Studios would be Journey into... Or Adventures into Fear. Yeah, like you know, I think Adventure into Fear needs to come back. And, it, you know, you as you say that, Adam, I think this is the conceit. I think a lot of us understand that the world that we live in right now is unfortunately operated by a lot of people who have a lot of anxieties about everything. The the state of the world, the circumstances we live in, other people. The Just COVID. at me next time. I mean, sure, yeah, I think, I think the state of the world, as seen through Casey's eyes, is really emblematic of where we Pure all are. Pure hell. But, you know, if we couldn't we tell stories about what is fear? What does fear come from? What is the difference between nightmarish fear like you would see in a movie like Hellraiser and a difference between riding on the 57 in the morning going to work and being fearful of the person sitting next to you? And I think the man thing can be the lens through which those stories are told. I would love to see adventure into fear. That'd be great. I like that. Like or like I'm thinking like an anthology. Now that we're talking about. Things yeah, that I would mean, match into like an anthology series, like a silver coin type of series. Yeah, yeah, some of some of our favorite books that we talk about on a regular basis are Silver Coin and Ice Cream Man, and I think yeah, and Man Thing those would be a creator run things. That. I keep saying yeah, those creator run things have shown that like there there is a a market need for horror anthologies, and Marvel mm-hmm. and DC are just passing that shit up. They're yeah. like, we'll put mm-hmm. out one around Halloween, I, and it's like no, yeah. no. Bitch. I keep yeah. saying that DC <laughs> needs to do Madame Xanadu. Uh, Dory Ray right. Nightmare again, like you know, just Madame Xanadu needs to lead a horror anthology. Well, Ar- the, Arch- yeah. Archie yeah. Comics is already bringing back uh, Chilling Chilling Adventures of Sorcery, so like we're, oh, we're wow. on that wave. Yeah, so I mean, they, they, there's potential to do that, and we just recently what was the what was the name Crypt of, of the Halloween? Crypt of Shadows? Crypt of Shadows. Thank you. Did did any mm-hmm. of you read Crypt of Shadows? We talked about it last. We week. talked about it on last week. <laughs> Oh, fabulous! Yeah, we talked okay, about so, the 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 Laura Kenny's infinite battle with the man. Thing that's the right Nexus in the Mario endless reality. swamp. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I I think that issue. You know, if I if it were me, I would have edited some dialogue out. It it was it it did more than it needed to. But that is the kind of weird, freaky story that I would love to see more of. Right. Yeah. Like that right. was a great, contained, extremely bizarre, fun romp in the swamp. And I that that Halloween <laughs> issue is an anthology, so yeah. you know why does it always have to be uh, Halloween? Can't we tell more anthology stories? Mm-hmm. Like you round? have you have a vehicle in Man Thing with the Nexus Reality to easily write shenanigans and stuff mm-hmm. in an anthology series where he's just kind of in the middle, very much like an Ice Cream Man. He, he's just he's not necessarily the catalyst of it, but he's he's there and he's gonna do some shit. But yeah. like so I and like. Yeah, like they're successful, right? These Crypt of Shadows books, these anthology books. Like, I think people would like it, especially 
since it seems like there's been a very positive reception to man thing being in the MCU as well. Yes. Well, and and like to Adam's point, um the in general in like culture whenever there's times of extreme poverty, extreme social anxiety when there's extreme like war or anything like that mm-hmm. yeah. is that's always the best time for horror because that's right. how yeah. that's how creatives like express those things and we really connect to it when we're having you mm-hmm. know a, like some kind of cultural crisis and what fucking better time you know like <laughs> to that point yeah right <laughs> i'm still salty that when hickman was writing secret wars the man thing was nowhere in that story yeah, what the hell yeah and mm. to Wait, no, me wasn't he in weird world he was in weird world but he was not in weird world The the forest of the the man things was in weird world so it was like a great concept and very cool but to me it felt like that was a missed opportunity because the man thing is the protector of the nexus of all realities and all realities are caving in on one another so what is the bouncer doing when the bar's on fire I, w- I want to know. Where's the man yeah, thing? Yeah, he even so, used Molecule Man. I, yes, awesome. and there's a Molecule Man story in this Marvel exactly, too. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that, that yep. story. That shit was weird. The, that yeah. story weird is one of my, my, one of my personal mm-hmm. favorites because the notion straight. that you start that issue with the thing reading a newspaper <laughs> and deciding he, yeah, he's going oh to go God. to Florida to kick the shit out of the man thing. Because he's still... Purely on the basis of them having a similar yeah. name, like talk yeah. about Gerber hey, writing meta. I, <laughs> yeah, also, I, I love that. I love that the thing is just a total bully to not only Man Thing but everybody. Like, the shop. Yeah, he wrecks that yeah. newsstand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like what the fuck, man? Why is he so Chill, bad, dude? He's just he's like, just a ball of muck. He didn't even choose like, that name. Yeah. He doesn't know That's what right. a name is. He doesn't know what a name is. <laughs> he can't remember what his human name was, let alone the man thing. So it wasn't Molecule him. Man turns him back to Ted Salas for like twenty minutes, which is another example. This is probably one of three, maybe four times in just this trade. Where the yeah. end of the comic is the man thing just about gets to become a guy again, and then it is taken away from him. Talk yeah, there, about yep. punchline. There's there's points where he's a thing man. Like he's That's less right. of a man thing and more of a thing man, and then switches back into man thing. That's right. That's right. Thing just gets stuck he's the, with he's one the hand. best. He's the greatest comic book character of all time. Uh, the man thing is my absolute favorite. The the more time goes by, the more I think I can convince people that there's something there there. And the fact that the man thing <laughs> appeared in Werewolf by Night and there's a shitload of fan art in my timeline about it. That's all I thought I, about I, you I immediately. Mean, this is great. When I was watching that and mm-hmm. he appeared, I was like, oh man, Adam's having the, the best day ever. This is it. This is what he's been yeah. waiting for. Adam, I cried. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I watched it. I had tears in my eyes because I thought they he's were going to fumble kidding. the bag. He's not- but yeah, he's not kidding. No. Uh, like, because we were we were discussing your trepidation leading up to, because there was in the trailer a split second blink and you miss it shot of the man thing. <laughs> so I was like, "What are your thoughts?" And you're like, "I don't know. I think they're gonna fuck it up." I don't know. It's so, amazing. Being I'm, I'm like, very happy for you. Being an extremely uh, big fan of a, a niche character is such a roller coaster. Because the first thing right. is, I'm, I was afraid they were not going to do it right. I actually had an emotional response to seeing how well that they pulled it off. 
And then immediately following that, I'm like, man, thing can't run that fast. No, this is not accurate. I'm picking it <laughs> apart for like the most trivial bullshit yeah. reasons. But you know, the the end all be all is there are more people coming to the shop and buying trades from RJ. Enough mm-hmm. said. There's I, nothing yeah, else more awesome. important than that. Yeah, my, I also, I also, and everyone already bought uh, the, all the man thing trades from Casey because Adam was the one. Adam who already them. bought. That's right, I did. Yep. Yeah, I bought them all. <laughs> yeah. It's been a real joy to have people come to my shop and ask for man thing, which is where my coin comes in because usually the cops get involved. Hey, <laughs> okay, <laughs> no. there it is. Do you guys and have just like Yeah, that. it's behind the beaded curtain in the back. We got plenty <laughs> yeah. of man thing back there. No, well, that's. I think that counts as two tokens, RJ and Adam. You've both lo- you've lost access to this currency. Oh, God, uh, that's it. Awesome. But but Adam, I, think, I think we're uh, bankrupt. Sean, I think we're dick bankrupt now. Shockingly, I think Sean is the only one in uh, in uh, possession. No, he uses first. I you thought. gave me an extra one. I did use it before we even started. To be fair, that's right. You, well, the, the first one that you did before we started recording that was uh, the coin that's on a little fishing wire, so you can dip it into yeah. the coin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The system. Yeah. I'm cheating. Your Scrooge right. McDuck coin. <laughs> 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 but uh, Adam, I, I had to feel for you that day because I, I am, I'm also somebody who is like a number of people's first text about uh, a certain franchise. Like I get shit about turtles. Like when when new Ninja yes, Turtles news yes, comes yes. out, my phone blows up. So yes. like you must have just had to put your phone in a desk drawer somewhere for a couple of hours. Yeah, you understand. I mean, for me, I I felt like uh supreme validation, right? Since I think uh, <laughs> every <laughs> every year since the year 2010, I think I have said this is the year of the man thing. And <laughs> and and eventually you were going to be right. You eventually. You, you're right. Yeah. Either the, right. the the sun well, was going to years. burn out and earth would disappear <laughs> or I would be right. And I was right. Now, the, the challenging thing, and I wonder how you deal with this, Adam, maybe you can guide me somewhat, but the challenging thing for me is the whole Ted business. So the reason why Marvel didn't have to make any dick jokes is because they don't ever say the man thing. Oh. They call him Ted. Yeah. And so that is a very central swap, which I fully understand, support, and appreciate. But everybody texted me that day about Ted. Ted. And I'm like, oh, oh, Ted, I don't know. It's probably Oh man, it's probably better they didn't do that obviously, but like who I I didn't watch it. Who calls him Ted? Well, Ted, uh, Ted, he's werewolf. referred to as Ted by Werewolf, but you know, by okay. the Werewolf yeah. by Night by Jack. Yeah. And then Yeah, cuz uh, he, he's like he's like he's a friend. His name is Ted. Go talk to him. And it's like okay. Right. So Elsa Bloodstone <laughs> gotcha. refers to him as Ted as well. So the only name he has ever given is Ted. Which is speaking to, uh, again, another component of his character. Apparently now he recognizes his name and knows that he was a guy at one point in time. So, the, you know, here are Which some new things. And there's definitely pieces of that in the Gerber run. Sure. So I guess they've just, they well, really... I guess you don't have that, that, that narration, right? Uh, right? The only right. other way to really hammer that out and, and, and put that in would, would be with a voiceover and that would be the wrong move, right? And and still, I think that the Werewolf by Night special does a great job by me because it does begin with narration. So mm. I appreciate just that level. There are no Marvel movies that have narration. Yeah. And the fact that, that this one true. does is, th- that is intentional. 
But that being said, I as much as I love this so much, it is funny when people text me and said, "I saw Ted," and to me, to me, it'd be like you know when the turtles show up <laughs> and they change Splinter's name to Dan. <laughs> And yeah. somebody will text <laughs> you, Adam, and be like, like, Dan hey, so, was, that so was a Yoshi. pretty cool rat. I mean, yeah, like Yoshi. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I will say, uh, purely from a storytelling and comedic standpoint on Marvel's end, like, ignoring the comic context whatsoever, it is really funny. It's great. To call a giant hulking swap monster oh, Ted. Yeah. Like, that's hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely so, like, is. if you're going to go for... Like, okay, do we do, do we do the low hanging dick joke or do we call him Ted? That's an easy choice, honestly. Yeah, they call him so. Ted, which really helps bring a sense of humanity, literal humanity, right. to the character, which is necessary. I will say there's a bit of a grudification, right? A little bit. Uh, I do so. love that he's practical. Like that, yeah. that warms yeah. my That's heart. Awesome. That there's the, a the, Ted uh, in meat space out there somewhere. Yes, and the actor who performed as Ted is a man named Kerry Jones. He works in uh, special effects and stunts. You might have seen him in Book of Boba Fett as Black Kersantan. Okay. That's Kerry oh. Jones. Yeah, and oh, I just shit. think that is so he's cool. He's tall. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, That's he's, the only correlation. He's a man thing, so he's yeah. the man be thing. a big guy. Right, exactly. Yeah. Ah, there it is. That's there right. It so it's a, you know, I think it's, it's, it's fun to see the little changes, the little pieces, but understanding how the MCU's formula works, uh, you know, I'm thrilled because when Thor Ragnarok came out and the trailer had the man things bust on, on top of the Coliseum of Sakaar, I lost my mind. Yeah. And I watched oh, the yeah, entire movie Can't in confirm. the theater thinking <laughs> I'm going to see him in any scene. He's going to walk into any scene. He's in the Coliseum. He must be here. And it didn't happen. Uh, so, you know, to finally have this moment, what a treat. And now we get to find out, you know, what Werewolf by Night and Man-Thing we're doing on Sakaar. What's going on here? That's fun. Also, I love that. That's a good uh, point. Yeah. I, think, I think it's really good that that didn't happen because I love Taika Waititi, but Taika Waititi could not avoid using oh, the Man-Thing yeah. no. dick joke. It would be that would have 100%. So he, just li- he literally would not have been able to help himself. Yeah. Well, you know he it's going to be it, in... It, it's going to be in Deadpool 3. We all know it's going to be in Deadpool 3. Oh, 100%. Now that Deadpool is also in the MCU. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's undeniable it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's going to happen anywhere, I'd rather it happen there than in a, a Man-Thing vehicle yeah. itself. I'm just glad that <laughs> yeah. it's not Taika Waititi doing the voice of the Man-Thing. Because, you know, he can't help yes. himself as far oh, as that yeah, goes yeah. either. Mm-hmm. And Man-Thing yeah, shouldn't have a voice. very true. Right, because right, like, I feel like that's a good... Yeah, he doesn't... There's, it's all like, it's almost, um, there's not really a voice, it's all just primal instinct instead of like an actual like dialogue or monologue internally. So, right. Yeah. Having a voiceover, I just feel like would really undercut what the character is supposed to be. The Len Wein story that he wrote for the man thing, which is that, uh, uh, Neil Adams are, it's like yellow sketchy <laughs> looking. So Len Wein wrote that and they just put that in, basically just shoved that into a Kazar book, uh, (laughs) which is so disrespectful. It was supposed to be Savage Tales 2. Savage Tales was canceled. They never made Savage Tales 2. So they shoved it into a different book. And uh, uh, apparently the rumor is anyway that the the end of that issue was the man thing yelling, arg. And that would have been the one time when he would have spoken, I guess. <laughs> like he was throwing he his just, fists up and, uh, and they edited just, that out. Moved, 
moves the tentacle to the yeah. side and there's a teeny tiny little uh, mouth under he's there. Just like, yeah, he's like a little Zoidberg mouth. under there. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah, like, <laughs> there, like an octopus beak. There's yeah. not like a issue where he gets like injected with more serum and he gets like a weird wood mouth at the, like, the side of his face. Uh, well, I mean, he does sort of speak in uh, the Thunderbolts run, Jeff Parker's Thunderbolts Is run. Is that where he becomes Be- their transport? Yes, so he becomes stuff. the team vehicle. Yeah. Uh, Ant-Man which is great. figures out how to sort of domesticate the man thing and he becomes the team vehicle, which is hysterically <laughs> funny. Uh, and it works. You know, I really love that run and I think Parker was doing a great job on that. Uh, but uh, Z- uh, Zatanna casts a spell on him that puts all these green glyphs on the man thing so he can communicate with people telepathically. And the voice of the man thing is whatever you think he should sound like. That's, mm. that's amazing. Also, do you mean Enchantress? Uh, n- no, no. Z Z Z Zatanna. Yeah, yeah. Not Z- not Zatanna from DC. No, no. That's Different. that's it, or wait, is it Satan? Satana is Satana. Yeah, 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 yeah. Satana. That's got right. It, got, not got, got, got it. Yes. So uh, um, again, another example of DC and Marvel cribbing <laughs> from each other, yeah. and it's yeah, impossible right. to keep right. this shit straight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, edit that out. Make me sound smart. Then uh, Jennifer Kale does become like a pretty big mystical Marvel character, right? Yeah, and she's in the Weird World issues during Secret Wars as well. Jennifer Kale is basically forever just a Zeredna or whatever's going on there. uh, She's the Abby Arcane. She's Abby Arcane. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say. And then uh, Topaz from uh, Werewolf by Night. They're in that witch's book together, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't know. It's... That shit's bonkers, man. Like, this is where you, we're getting to, like, the deep Marvel lore. It's like, what? Yeah. What's we're, going we're getting on into at that the, place? You gotta go to the Marvel wiki to keep it all straight. Yeah. Like, right. that's where we're at. Where the or fr- that I'm, one guy that researched Crisis. Yeah, that poor, <laughs> unfortunate soul. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me get a book about uh, Richard Rory. What the fuck is Richard Rory doing right this- now? You know? It's, where's he? <laughs> Never reading anything ever again. <laughs> the short answer is he's teaching. He's probably think, like <laughs> spilling mustard on his tie. I think he's working at the same radio station where J. Jonah Jameson has a show. Maybe. Oh, oh he has to follow he's his him. Podcast producer. Yeah, yeah no, he's a yeah. sad podcast that's, producer. That's, no, yes, yeah. he he's the poor asshole who has to edit J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> oh, I don't envy oh, that poor awesome. fucking guy. That's incredible. Oh my god. Oh man. Well this is this has been great, guys. This has I been think great. I think uh yeah. I, I I think we've said all there is to say about the man. I thing. will say I'm this. Sure <laughs> Adam Tedderus disagrees. I will but. say this. I want to trip <laughs> off the mushrooms that grow on the man thing's back. Um, hey. I want to take that mm. trip. That would be wild. Does it turn you into a man? I'd probably turn into mm. Howard the Duck at that point. Yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, a flightless absolutely. Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh shit. And then the whole story would be changing me back. Um I would trip I left. I would trip off those mushrooms and I think I would turn into a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Gotta get back in there. Like, yeah, let me get back. What happened in to there. Adam? Well, we yeah, uh, you were, he he went back home. Yeah. He went back into his jar of yeah. smooth or super yeah, we chunky. We'll never see him again. Anyway. <laughs> it's, it'll be super chunky, I think. Give me a little texture. Come on. <laughs> well, we really appreciate you coming and hanging out with us, Adam. This has yeah. been a blast. 
We should do this every season. We should end with a friend of ours who has a, a, a hyper fixation on a character. We should. I thought you were just going to say we should end every season with Adam talking about That's the man. Right. Or we could just, right. yeah, we could just talk about Steve I, Gerber I'm at cool the end of that. every season. Or we could just make, uh, we can have him talk about Swamp Thing and then just... He'll just be sad that Alan Moore never wrote. Or we man could thing. do I'm, just Steve yeah, Gerber. It's true. We could just do uh, suburban Jersey ninja she devils because you know. <laughs> yeah, had that ready, and I, I applaud you. Yeah, but I, I think I think it's a cool idea, Adam. You know, the idea of having someone who is really specifically into one character. I've always liked the idea of someone who is ready to share that character, yeah, yeah. not to defend it from everyone. So, you know, it's fun to learn from people who are deeply obsessed with Korak, uh, you know, <laughs> they, they let them have their uh, actually, soapbox for a minute. My, my, my vote for next season and Adam T, you will, you will a testament to this. Uh, we get Faust on here. We talk about some fucking Psylocke. Some Psylocke, I think that's, yeah. that's a season ender Let's do for it. next yeah. The only so problem with that is the show, you'll never be able to stop recording. Faust will not I know, ever, ever, ever thing. stop talking about Psylocke. And we'll <laughs> I mean, we're already it, having a hard time. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be all right. It's all right. That just means we just can have like four episodes. It's perfect. That, yeah, that means yeah. we could we take longer breaks. Oh, yeah, when yeah. We get sick of Good everything. Point. Get, point. Just have a whole <laughs> season break of like, all right, we're going to talk about Man Thing for five weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking buckle in well this is the year of the man thing it is the year of right. the man thing thank you there right. it is <laughs> all right uh i guess let's get out of here um oh before we we do our plugs uh adam what would you like to, to plug what you got going on thank you very much casey i really appreciate it i i am the host of a, a podcast called man thing minute in which i invite some of my smartest and funniest friends who are not familiar with comics or the man thing to join me in reading one single issue. And I try to connect the man things world to their world. It's a lot of fun. I've got a lot of episodes from a season one. Season two is currently running. And I've got a few people that I'm very excited about. Uh, you know, hopefully they don't cancel after I say this, but I have Emmy award winning guests joining Damn. me on the show. Wow. To, I have That's fooled awesome. them into reading man thing comics with me. And since all of you have just read this entire trade paperback of Gerber stories, you know, what a fool's <laughs> errand this is <laughs> incredible so i i, I feel like that's I love what we the show. did to sean this week I, I don't think sean knew what he was getting himself into we've trapped him. <laughs> yeah this um this this uh this took me some effort i'm not gonna lie i think i might have to circle back again and try it um but there was definitely some yeah, yeah maybe i just needed to be higher maybe that was my problem i but skip just skip those higher. Skip the adventure into fear, uh, you know, Nexus and other spawn stuff, and everything is just smooth sailing. Honestly, yeah, there was definitely some good stuff just to latch mo- into most of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's goofy, but that's one. This is one of those I might try to. I want to circle back and like maybe I just like wasn't in the right state of mind, you know. Cause sometimes you just kind of yeah aren't high. ready for it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think I just need to be high. Yeah, that's what. I'm well, saying. if you're ever game, Sean, then maybe I need to have you in my web. I'll bring you on to Man Thing Minute. <laughs> uh, I will. I will make a believer out of you. We'll connect the nexus of Synergy. all realities. Uh, so yeah, I would is, say like having you yeah. on has like energized. Like I feel like I can I can reread this and understand. I can see it through your eyes instead, and I can understand why this like why I should be loving Man Thing. I need yeah. to reread it from the Kurt Vonnegut perspective. I hadn't thought of that. That mm. kind of changes my my whole view of of this. That's 
yeah. an awesome yeah, they, there's. I mean, I think there are a lot of similarities there, and I, I'm a fan of, of of Vonnegut very much so, and I'm I'm a very big fan of Gerber, and I understand the the Venn diagram. Um, but you know, I I appreciate you all so much. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to geek out as as deeply as I love doing the Man Thing Minute show. It's fun, but it's me straining to make a case every single time. Uh, and the fact that I got to join you all, where you are all so supportive and receptive, that's that's pretty cool and rare. So thank you. Well, we honestly, that is a fantastic premise for a podcast. Is just the yeah, host just desperately. <laughs> please like, please please love me. Yeah, please, come come, come unload your hyper fixation on us. We want it. We're, we're here I'm, for it. You're giant. Oh, God. God damn. All right, so let's let's get out of here. Uh, so this mm-hmm. is our, our season finale. We're gonna leave you for a little while. Uh, we've got we've got a bunch of stuff banked up for you while we're gone. We read a bunch of manga um, for mm-hmm. our Patreon. Uh, if if you're a Patreon subscriber, you already got that, so you get a true uh, month off. But if you want to get that stuff early, you can by joining our Patreon. So uh, come come hang out with us there. Also, let's keep the conversation going in the Discord. I'll give you a link to that in the episode description. Uh, for- Tell us your hyperfixation character, and maybe you can be the season finale on one of our seasons. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I can't believe we just set that as a rule. That is now a rule. Um, That's now a rule. I'm looking at you, Jin. Let's get on here and talk about fucking She Hulk. <laughs> oh, wow. Calling people about- out in real time. If you already- I'm calling people out. I love it. You, uh, we're going to have a message in the Discord on Wednesday saying, book yeah. it. Like I, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> so get out there, get in there, get at us. Um, for for me, for all of those guys, it's been Tales from the Short Box. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>